hospitality informs all that we do as a Catholic health ministry. It welcomes us to receive its richness as we extend it to others through every act of care. This Advent, the Catholic Health Association invites you to discover the spiritual practice of hospitality as a deep, subversive act of love, where in every encounter we may find, including the conversation you are about to hear, that God is always with us. Well, it is great to be with you today. Merry Christmas. Uh, My name is Jill Fisk, Director of Mission Services for the Catholic Health Association. And I am so pleased to be joined today by our president and CEO, Sister Mary Haddad. Sister Mary, welcome. Thank you so much, Jill. It's a pleasure to be here on this cold winter day. (laughs) Yes, it absolutely is. The warmth of being together and being in conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for making this a part of, of your Christmas season. Thank you. So in, over the course of the last weeks, um, as we have uh, moved into to Advent, uh, this, this, this time of preparedness, the time of expectation, um, as a Catholic health ministry, uh, we've had wonderful conversations on hospitality. And that's why we've invited you in today. Um, so I would, I would be curious if you could just start out by, you've got a rich upbringing um, that not only... Um, your family of origin, but also uh, being in community, this part of the congregation of the Sisters of Mercy, and then also serving Catholic health care for all of these years. How many years has it been? Oh, gosh. Um, started in 2009 at CHA. So, yeah, um, long and loving commitment. Uh, and, and much fruit to show for it. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's start. Um, how did your family of origin teach you about hospitality? What did you learn? So, foundationally, um, I'm uh, Italian, Greek, and Lebanese heritage. <laughs> so, I will say that um, probably more influence on the Italian side of my family. But all three of those... Um, you know, good food, conversation, and family are really at the heart of those cultures. And I think uh, what I grew up with is this sense of hospitality and that everyone is welcome to the table. Mm. And uh, so that was um, that was something I learned early on in my life. And I would also say that I'm from a small town in Illinois. And there's something about being in a small town where everybody knows everybody, sometimes to the good, sometimes to the bad. But um, they looked out for each other and they cared for each other. And uh, they they formed this really the spirit of community that was really foundational to my upbringing and then eventually, you know, into my life as a sister of mercy. So let, let me say a little bit more about, if I, if I may, my family experience, because mm-hmm. I do think that's foundational in helping understand more this concept of space. Um, I was heavily, heavily influenced by my Italian grandmother. In fact, Noni, as we finally called her. Noni. Um, my grandparents lived about a block away, so um, most of my early years were spent back and forth between my home and my grandparents' home. And I have fond memories of being there and helping her 
prepare dishes. Mm-hmm. As I said, the the meal was the primary source of gathering for the Italian culture, and and my grandmother took it to you know like on steroids. Um, so I remember having times with her where. I'd sit around and help her work in the kitchen and listen to her stories about growing up in Italy. And I remember um, the experience of not only smelling, you know, the simmering sauce, but the sights, the beautiful reds and the greens and the colors. And also, um, you know, the the smell of my grandfather's pipe. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, those warm memories really bring me back to this whole understanding of space. And so um, it's interesting that the other day I was walking in the park near my home, and there was a gentleman sitting on the park smoking a pipe. And I got this sense of um, remembrance of my grandfather. And I even said to the gentleman how much that reminded me of my grandfather. So I think those things that bring us back to another point of time of where we felt warm, where we felt comforted, where we felt at home, is part of that whole concept of hospitality. And um, the other thing I remembered about my um, my noni's home is that she had two kitchens. And that's pretty common in Italian culture, in Italian homes, that it was really a practical design that the smaller kitchen was really where you did the work. That's where the prep happened, where the cooking happened, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was... Um, a source of a lot of activity um, in the morning. And the larger kitchen is really the gathering space. And I think that separation of those two activities really highlights the importance of each unique experience of hospitality, being the preparation mm. and then the invitation mm-hmm. where where we gather. And um, that that um, gathering space at my, my grandparents' home was really um, significant for me as a child because that's where we had all our family celebrations. We had Christmas, we had Easter, we had birthdays, significant times throughout the year. And I always look forward to that because I knew it would be a time that I could be with my cousins and, you know, celebrate, you know, with laughter and certainly with good food. And, um, you know, I often remember the great anticipation of waiting for those days to come. And the, the anticipation would be filled with preparation. Mm-hmm. The work I would do with my grandmother, my noni, and helping her uh, prepare for those days, you know, the, the list making, uh, the endless, <laughs> endless list. And, you know, um, like any good uh, Italian cook, she would shop daily. Uh, you would never wow. get anything a week in advance. And so that meant, you know, daily trips to the grocery store for me and, and helping her. But, um, you know, it was, to me, it brought back memories of that um, that preparation really is um, a, a mindfulness about what is to come. It is. And how do we enter into that experience? It wasn't actually just having the meal, but it's every element that goes into it. Um, I'm kind of sound like Anthony Bourdain here, but you know I'm I'm getting carried away a little bit on the on the cooking and that analogy. But I think that um, the preparation really is um, um, what ignites the joy that we're going to anticipate in the experience of the shared meal. Well, it sounds to me like it's a lifestyle. 
right? If yeah, there's absolutely. if there's regular trips to the grocery store in anticipation of of the thing that is to come, but also this this sort of posture of readiness at any moment. I assume that's probably how it was in Noni's kitchen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know, Jill, I think that for me those um, early experiences, those childhood experiences, and and even going into adult at some point, um, really it, it helped um, me clearly articulate what was important to me in terms of that sense of um, welcoming and being with. And for you know, when I entered the Sisters of Mercy. And lo and behold, this whole concept of hospitality wasn't something that I particularly remember as I'm, you know, looking for this in a community, but I knew that's what attracted me to the Sisters of Mercy. This sense and this spirit, you you brought that up earlier, the spirit of welcoming. And um, I, I think that that was foundational to my early experience in childhood and that I learned that hospitality is really about relationship, and it's how we extend ourselves to others in a welcoming manner. And um, early in my formation experience of the Sisters of Mercy, I served in Belize for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And I remember going there somewhat, you know, like little anxiety because I had never been before, and I didn't know these people in Belize. And um, um, I was um, excited to be there, but yet just the sense of unknown. And I remember the first time um, of feeling this experience of welcoming and hospitality with the other Sisters of Mercy who were there. And it gave me such a sense of um, uh, gratitude for this foundational experience that we have, no matter where a sister of mercy is, you feel welcome mm. and connected and rooted and one in that spirit and that charism of hospitality. So um, it really gave me a sense of comfort in what could have been a very uncomfortable situation because of the recognition of the spirit of hospitality. Yeah, to be a part of something larger is really um, a, a, a space of entrance right, for those of us who come into something for the first time. And to have that sort of connection uh, with something that's larger um, changes everything. Right, right, right. And, of course, the comfortable cup of tea was hanging, you know, (laughs) images of that on the wall in in Belize. And, um, you know, to to say a little bit for the audience, basically, what that means for us as Sisters of Mercy. So Catherine McCauley is our foundress, and... um, on her deathbed, she died um, at Baggett Street in her room, and uh, as some of the sisters gathered around her bed as she was dying, she instructed those sisters to make sure you have a comfortable cup of tea for the sisters when I am gone. And so that sense of even in her own last moment, she was thinking of others, mm-hmm. how to make certain that the sisters were cared for and comforted in their loss. And so this, um, I think, um, it really is a call to us um, to always be mindful of how we extend ourselves to another. And uh, the image of the teacup reminds us of that. 
Yeah, it also makes me think, I read this quote um, on sort of Catherine's words of hospitality, that hospitality is, it's such an act of justice. Um, here, here are some words. She, Catherine said, there are things the poor prize more highly than gold, though they cost the donor nothing. Among these are the kind word, the gentle, compassionate look, and the patient hearing of their sorrows. It is, it, it, yes, it may not be costly in terms of dollars, but it's costly in terms of um, the posture of, of, of readiness, of the loss of one's agenda, of control, of, and it's the, the radical gift of presence that changes um, not only the one who's giving, um, well, the one who's receiving, but even more. I think sometimes the one who's giving. Right. Absolutely. You know, I remember reading somewhere a long time ago that hospitality is really about how do we help another feel at home within their own experience of who they are? And it, when you think about that and reflect upon that, that's a real gift that when we, you know, we can create such a space through that relationship and that interaction that it puts another at ease and, 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 you know, they, they're at home in this present moment because of however we've been able to extend ourselves. And when we think about that, really, that's what we're privileged to do day in and day out in Catholic healthcare. Yeah. You know, I think we provide care for individuals at, you know, is often the most vulnerable time of their lives. And... You know, I think we have to, you know, always be mindful of what is that environment and that space that we're creating for those individuals to ensure that they feel that they're um, fully at home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that whole sense of hospitality is, I think, so foundational to healthcare. And particularly for us in in Catholic healthcare, yeah, it's a familial sense of home, um, something that's even uh, maybe new. You know, I think that the patient encounter, or even coworkers within the Catholic health ministry, to be able to experience sort of the joy of vocation, um, the joy of serving, even in ways that they've never experienced before, right. that that opportunity, uh, the power of the Spirit um, that dwells within us and among us, is. Um, sometimes without words, and it, it changes everything. Right. You know, Jill, I remember this is years ago um, when I started out in, in healthcare in St. Louis. I was housed at Old City Hospital down on Delmar, and if people remember um, that location, and, and it was right across the street from a church, and we had a clinic in, in the hospital, and uh, um, it was um, uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, how should I say, uh, a gathering space for people. And there were often people that came from the church across the street that had um, uh, daily meals provided for um, primarily homeless individuals who would come seeking help. And I remember befriending, or he befriended me, I should say, a Mm -hmm. gentleman by the name of Sam. And uh, every day Sam would come to the office and we'd chat. And I remember so adamantly wanting to help Sam find a home because he was homeless. And this whole notion of, um, you know, needing to have a safe space and needing to have a shelter and wanting him to feel, um, you know, foundational and and this place to to call home. 
And uh, so we had lots of conversations and never went anywhere. And one day I came to my office early one morning and there was uh, a gift on my desk. And it was wrapped in old newspaper with a sticky note that said Sam on the top of it. And I opened it and it was a carved walking stick. And mm-hmm. um, I never saw Sam again. And But mm-hmm. every time I look at that walking stick, I remember how I felt in trying to put what I thought Sam needed um, in that trying to find him a home. And what he really <laughs> needed was the communication, the communion, the relationship with another that allowed him to get what he needed to be cared for at that point in time. And it wasn't about this physical space, but it was around the relational space that Mm. was able to be created. So that has stayed with me for a long time. And again, I think that's what we do day in and day out, or what we're called to do. How do we kind of put our own agenda aside of what we think the patient needs and what we think is, you know, on our task to do today, but really listen to another and um, hear what really they need at that moment and how we can be present to them and help them feel that sense of being, you know, in a safe and welcoming environment. Mm, That's the gift. The presence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, and it defines everything that we do and how and how we do it as a Catholic health ministry. Yeah. Well, uh, it might be true that you brought a recipe to share with us. <laughs> One of the things that we've been featuring over the last uh, few weeks is sort of the the idea that, that food is really food is is an act of hospitality, as you described, as our as our previous podcast episodes have described too. But I suspect that you have a treasured recipe that probably we can draw a line towards your understanding of hospitality. Well, sure. Uh, The trouble is I love food, so I have many recipes. (laughs) But the one that that came to mind, um, certainly many of you probably have had this experience growing up that um, you got to choose the dinner on your birthday. Of course. And, of course, mine was Italian, and it was lasagna. Oh, yes. And uh, I, you know, I'm just still an avid fan of lasagna. And it, it's interesting. I will never order it when I go out. It always has to be the homemade experience <laughs> of it. And I think that's part of what I had said earlier, because I know the memories and what comes and, and, and what goes into the preparation mm. and the actual making of the lasagna. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that lasagna would be uh, the recipe. Um, I have to say also, I'm Italian, so there is no recipe. <laughs> you kind of make it up as you go. And uh, I um, I know that, um, um, you know, certainly I can give you some tips on, on what to make certain. But, it, you know, keep it simple. You know, this mm-hmm. is where we use basic, you know, ingredients. And, and uh, I think... Uh, that they speak for themselves whenever you put it into the dish. I'll also say that, you know, I was thinking about why that particular type of dish, now that I go to um, Italy quite a bit, I know the experience of the various foods throughout the country. And uh, my family's from the Tuscany region. Mm. And so there wasn't a lot of seafood, right, in the middle of the country. So you wouldn't have shrimp and fish with your red sauce. You definitely want to do a meat sauce, and that's part of being from the Tuscany region. 
And uh, I would I would also say that if you make it the day before, um, the flavors have the chance to kind of you know blend together mm-hmm. quite well, and it, and it adds to the um, the dish. And uh, of course, I would say whenever you're um, starting to begin the work in the kitchen, pour yourself a glass of wine. Oh, there you go. There, <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll make it it'll make it taste all the better. Oh, wonderful. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to go home and make lasagna. <laughs> so I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to add um, as we pause for a moment and uh, maybe a blessing on our listeners um, over the Ministry of Catholic Healthcare? And as we consider, in particular, the way that we'll say yes to hospitality this Christmas. Yeah, I, I think, and, and, you know, as we were talking about that light and darkness, there's certainly a lot of that in our world right now. And uh, with the heaviness that we've been experiencing through COVID, through war, through loss, um, I, I would just want to elevate the light and um, um, remind all of us that our commitment in Catholic health care is really about bringing um, Jesus' love and healing into our world. And in that experience of doing that very act, we bring Jesus' love and healing into our own lives. Mm-hmm. And so hold that as the blessing for us going into this Christmas season. Thank you so much, Sister Mary, for being with us. Thank you, Jill. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Uh, As did I. Well, God is with us. And may this podcast bless your heart and your work and your home and your community. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To access more of our Advent podcasts and download our weekly Advent zine, please visit cahausa.org.